Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives, and check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. If you are enjoying this podcast, please follow us using your favorite podcast software. And if you've not already, I do encourage you to pick up your Great Detectives of Old Time Radio t-shirt. You can go to t-shirt.greatdetectives.net. We have four different designs in a wide variety of different styles. With fall coming up, it'd be a perfect time to pick up a pullover hoodie. Uh, But we also have regular t-shirts and ladies slim fit tees available. Just go to t-shirt.greatdetectives.net. Well, now it is time for the conclusion of the Salt City matter. The original air dates, April 5th and April 6th of 1956. Here's the Salt City matter, episodes 4 and 5. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Dollar. Ready with your call to San Francisco. Go ahead, please. Hello. That you, Johnny? Yeah, I'm in Salt City. I'm surprised they have phones there. How does it look? Located Ed Julian yet? I just got here. It looks terrible, and I haven't even located a hotel room. Mr. Gumby, if I have any luck at all, I'll be back in San Francisco by tonight. With Ed Julian? I'll serve the subpoena on him if he's around. From what I've been able to pick up, there isn't much of a law enforcement agency here. You get that subpoena in his hands and he'll have to answer to it. He's still in this county, even if they have to use state police to grab him. Okay. Anything I can do for you here? Yeah. Find out how a town like this ever got built. Tonight... And every weekday night, Bob Bailey and the transcribed adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account, America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator... Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. (laughs) Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar. To Samuel Rubin and Associates, Insurance Brokers, Majestic Building, Hartford, Connecticut. The following is an accounting of expenditures during my investigation of the Salt City matter. It all started when Sam Rubin asked me to bodyguard Ed Julian. Julian was supposed to be in San Francisco, but I never saw him there. I saw his wife and his lawyer and the insurance agent who had sold him the policy, but no Ed Julian. And then a clerk at his apartment told me about Salt City. He didn't tell me much else. I found the rest out for myself. I checked my bag in the station locker and walked over to the Salt City Bar and Grill. Expense account item 12, 10 cents, coffee. Just getting on the train? Yeah, a few minutes ago. Everybody calls me Connie. Everybody calls me Johnny. That's nice. Never seen you around here before. Well, I've never been around here before. Gonna stay long? I hope not. No fault of yours. I can't blame you. As soon as I get a steak for myself, I'm pulling out too. All kinds of funny things going on around here. Now, for instance, last week I... Hello, Mr. Reno. I recognized him from the Landry killing that he'd stood trial for in Baltimore in 1950. He still looked like his pictures, tall, thin, quiet... 
I'd always wondered where he disappeared to after his lawyer got him off with a bought jury. My name is Jim Reno. I run this restaurant. Everything all right? Everything's fine. Oh, that's good. Good. You, uh, you ought to have some of us, too. This time of morning? <laughs> sure, it's the thing. Connie, uh, why don't you go back in the kitchen and put some stew on the fire, huh? Well, Mr. Reno, I don't cook. You know that. Learn. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You wouldn't be connected with the Salt City Smeller Works, would you, Mr. Reno? I own them with some other friend. Then you might know Ed Julian. I understand he yes, owns... Yes, yes, I know Ed. He's out there at the Smeller Works, staying in a cottage right by the office. I'll uh, call you a taxi if you like. Well, the last taxi driver I asked to drive me out there threatened to call a cop. <laughs> well, this town, it's better if I call. You know, small town. Sure, Finish your coffee, Mr. Dollar. What? I'll call the cab for you. I own the taxi company, too. Expense account item 12. Ten more cents, more coffee. While I waited for the cab to appear. Somehow I wasn't surprised that Jim Reno had been able to read my name in the coffee grounds. But by that time, I'd learned not to be surprised by anything in Salt City. Item 13.50 cents tip the cab ride out to the smelter works was on Mr. Reno. The chimneys and stacks were dark and sullen against a gray storm-gathering sky. The only sound was a gasoline generator somewhere. Lights were on at intervals across the smoky area. One dim light burning in a little yellow cottage just inside the main gate caught my eye. No one seemed around to ask questions of me, so I walked in. Ed Julian and another man I didn't recognize were sitting in chairs opposite each other. Neither of them moved or flicked an eyelash. They just sat there, propped up, staring at each other. I got closer and decided one could get surprised in Salt City. They weren't dead. Dead men don't perspire. Dead men don't have pulses. Dead men don't breathe. They were just kind of in between... <laughs> If you ever walk into a house in Salt City and find two men just sitting in a room, quietly staring at each other, and they aren't dead, turn Johnny around Dollar. and walk out. Johnny Dollar. Don't fall down on your hands and knees and crawl around the floor like I did. Don't start to laugh to yourself about nothing at all. Don't get weepy and perspire. And don't prop yourself up against the wall and wait for something to happen. Then, then I, I could see somebody standing beside me looking down. I couldn't move my arms and my legs, and that seemed pretty funny. Somebody laughed about it. Then it came to me I was doing the laughing. The noise was coming out of me. Somebody leaned down and took my gun out of my shoulder holster. He was wearing gloves and dark glasses. And then on, all at once he had a face... Easy, Dollar, easy. I'll just take this. Sure, sure, I know all about it. I know all about it. What is is this? You came to town looking for Ed Julian so you could protect him. Maybe serve a subpoena. Get him in jail. Well, Ed don't need no protecting, you can see that. He don't need no subpoena. He don't need anything, Dollar. Not now. You hear me? I hear you slipped me something at the cafe. Nah, don't you worry about that. You see, Dollar, you were just out on a regular job for Sam Rubin. 
But she got in a fight in Ed's place in San Francisco, bashed up a couple of his boys. He came over to Salt City looking for him. He walked in this place, and Ed was sitting here talking to Chili Winters. That, that other fellow's Chili Winters? <laughs> now nah, you're getting it. Chili Winters, a big powder from the east. Bad boy. Ed didn't want you to protect him, did he, darling? No. No, he didn't. He didn't want to take the subpoena. No, he didn't. So you argued with him, didn't you? No. no you man. argued with him like you did with a pair of his boys in San Francisco. You beat them up. Well, Chili got into the argument here now, didn't he? Chili might have pulled a gun on you. He was famous for that. I don't know what you're talking about. And you about. had to protect yourself. You just pulled out your gun and you shot them both. Like this? Oh, no, no. You... Well, Dolly, you just shot and killed Ed Julian and Chili Winters. As good a job as anyone in this town ever saw. And I saw it. <laughs> Guess I'll have to call the police. An autopsy report will show they were drugged before they were killed. And how, how are you going to explain that? We don't believe in autopsy reports in Salt City. All our police need is your gun. It won't work, you know. Now, Dollar, you know it will. You'll be arraigned, indicted, and tried right here in Salt City. It'll be second degree or self-defense, maybe. <laughs> now, if I'd have done it or some of the boys had done it, there'd have been all kinds of trouble from San Francisco to New York. This, this is the way it was figured. This is the way. You walk right into it. Right smack into it. You, hey! You, you crazy fool! You can't do anything! He got to his feet and tried to drag me up with him, and then both of us toppled over into a lamp. And I had the lamp base in my hand. In any other place, the next move would have been to run to the nearest police station. But from what I'd heard of the brand of law and order practice in Salt City, that wouldn't have been much help to me. Instead, I walked the three miles back to town, making my way over the crusted arroyos and cactus lands that seemed to surround it. My first stop, the Reno Bar and Grill. Oh, my. What happened to you? That's about the longest story in history. Anybody around? Just you and me, Johnny. My full name's Johnny Dollar. I'm an insurance investigator. I came here to see Ed Julian. I saw him. Saw him shot to death. What? Now, listen to me. I saw him shot to death along with a man named Chili Winters about half an hour ago. Jim Reno did the shooting with my gun. I better call a police. Wait, wait. Now, listen to me. Remember, I came in here from the station. I made a phone call from that booth outside there. Yeah. I sat down, had some coffee, two cups. We talked, I remember. Do you remember putting anything in my coffee? Me? What are you talking about? Somebody did. Probably Reno when he came up. Now, look. You said something about wanting to get out of Salt City. Well, sure, but... Now's your chance. I'll get you out of here. How? You got a car? No. All right. Can you buy one for this? Three fifty? I think so. Go do it. I'll wait here for you. Well, you better not wait here. Huh? My room's across the street, second floor. Use the back stairway. I'll be there in a half hour. Expense account item 14, $350, one automobile, 1948 vintage. The waitress returned with it in exactly one half hour. In another ten minutes, the time it took her to pack two suitcases, we were on the road to San Francisco. Item 15, $18.30, gas and oil. It took us seven hours and 20 minutes to make it. Item 17, $50. I gave the waitress the car and the money, then went back to my hotel, showered, shaved, and changed clothes, and made a phone call. 
Johnny Dollar, Inspector. You're wanted for murder in Salt City. Police all over the state are looking for you. Yeah, I thought they might be. Inspector, I'll be glad to explain all of it, but I need some time. Come on down and explain it, and then we'll see if you can have any time. Now listen to me. I was sent to Salt City to be a patsy. Reno wanted to get rid of Ed Julian and Chili Winters. Where are you? Never mind. Well, you've got five minutes to get down here and turn yourself in. Otherwise, you'll go out on an APB. I got out of the hotel in about 20 seconds. A cab picked me up and I spent item 15, three bucks, transportation, getting to Ray Gumby's office at 8 Julian's Enterprises. No Ray Gumby. Item 16, eight dollars, more cab fare. This time locating Ray Gumby's home address, an apartment over in Berkeley. He took a long time to answer. No. I don't know how he ever made it with the two holes in his neck. He lurched forward and I caught him. <coughs> Who did it, Mr. Gumby? Swifty Luke. <coughs> you met him at Ed's apartment house. Came by about an hour ago. What's all about? <coughs> Why, Johnny? Why? Why? It was a good question. Little Ray Gumby was a dead attorney. And Ed Julian and Chilly Winters were dead gunsels. Why? Everywhere I seemed to go, people were dying hard, violently, without apparent reason. Why? I had one idea. Same old thing. The feeling. The old feeling. It didn't explain anything. It was just there. Johnny Dollar. Johnny, this is Ellie. I've been worried to death about you. You might be even more worried when the papers come out. I'm wanted for murder. Johnny. Now listen to me. I don't have a lot of time to explain it to a policeman. I didn't kill anybody, Ellie, but I need help. Where can I meet you? If I remember right, there's a coffee shop over on... Are they looking for you all over town? Yeah, I suppose so. We better not pick any place like that. I have a blue Ford convertible, a 52. You know where Fisherman's Wharf is? Yeah. Go there. Watch for me. Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar to Samuel Rubin and Associates, Insurance Brokers, Majestic Building, Hartford, Connecticut. The following is an accounting of expenditures during my investigation of the Salt City matter. Expense account item 19, 25 cents, car fare to Fisherman's Wharf. Standing there in the light rain, it occurred to me that 48 hours had gone by since I'd last closed my eyes. I might have been reading a little when Eleanor Strauber showed up. Johnny? Johnny, Johnny. Yeah. Johnny. Same old sport. What have they done to him? Oh, easy, kid, easy. Hey, look, maybe we better get out of here. Yes. This way, all right? Fine, fine. Johnny, what can I do to help? Didn't I tell you on the phone I was wanted for murder? Yes. Aren't you going to ask me about that? You'll tell me. 
If you want to, Johnny. Oh, I'm going to tell you, all right. And I want you to go to Inspector Dan Walsh at the Hall of Justice and tell him. Go on. Well, some of it you know, some of it you don't know. I know I'm the cause of a lot of it. If I hadn't been so dumb as to sell that big policy to Ed Julian... You had no way of knowing. My job was to protect him, get him alive, keep him alive... until the company could break their responsibility. And I've been trying to do that. But I had to find Ed Julian first. Sure. One of my best leads was an attorney named Ray Gumby. He hoped to get Julian into custody one way or another in jail. That seemed a pretty good way for me to protect him. I got a tip from a hotel clerk that Ed was in Salt City with Jim Reno and some others. He's gone, Johnny. Well, I took the train over to Salt City with a subpoena to find Ed. He was there, all right. But Jim Reno found me first. He drugged my coffee, and when I went out to see Ed at the smelter works, the drug began to work. I saw Ed and Chili Winters... They were drugged, too. Reno came in a little while later and shot them with my gun. I got away from Reno. He was going to haul me down and let the Salt City Police charge me with murder. I think he owns the Salt City Police Force, too. I managed to get back here early this morning. I called the police and tried to explain all this here, but they wouldn't listen. I went over to see Ray Gumby. Ellie, Gumby was dying when I got there. He'd been shot twice. I don't know if the police know about him yet or not. Then I called you. Who shot Gumby? It was those two thugs I tangled with over at Ed Julian's apartment, Swifty and Luke. Only names I know them by. Reno killed Ed Julian and Chili Winters? Yeah. Anything else? Oh, no. One place the police won't be looking for you is my office. There's a nice couch there. You need some rest. She drove me over to her office, and ten minutes later, I was asleep. About seven o'clock, I woke up, and for the first time in days, my head was clear. Clear enough to think of a man with a pencil mark mustache who'd sold me information about Ed Julian being in Salt City. I found him in his rooms. Oh. Yeah, we got business. What are you... Uh, uh, hey, please, my lapel. You worry about them good and hard. I'm worried about the two men I saw murdered in cold blood in Salt City yesterday. I'm worried about the man who died in my arms early this morning. Most of all, I'm worried about myself. Please! Now, look... When you came to my hotel two days ago, you were taking a big chance about telling me where Ed Junior was. But it didn't make sense, because your kind don't take chances. What do you mean? I mean somebody paid you to look at me and tell me Julian was in Salt City. Oh, no, Mr. Dollar. Oh, Ed's wife didn't know he was there. The police didn't know he was there. No one but you. Now, once again, who paid you to tip me off that Ed Junior was in Salt City? Honestly, Mr. Dollar, I... I'm just a clerk there. It was just as I explained. I, I happened to be working the switchboard, and a call came in for Mr. Julian, and I just happened to overhear... You're lying. <laughs> Please. I was in Ed Julian's apartment. His calls don't come through your switchboard downstairs. He's got a private line. Please. Now, once more. Uh, Who paid you to tell me that Ed Julian was in Salt City? No one paid me. You... Who was it? Is it? Mr. Julian himself. What? Honestly, it was Mr. Julian. Before he left town two nights ago, he told Mr. Swift and Mr. Luke, all of us, to make it difficult for you. And then he sent me a special delivery letter with $50 in it and told me to go to you and tell you he was in Salt City. Okay. Okay, relax. What? I don't want you to make a move. I just want you to stay where you are for the next half hour. Clear? Clear. 
Expense account item 20, 20 cents phone call to Eleanor Strober. Johnny, are you all right? I'm getting better every minute. Did you talk to the police? Yes. They want to see you very badly. I'll go to see them as soon as I clear up some other business. Johnny, be careful. Don't worry about me. Did you tell them about Ray Gumby? Yes. They found his body. You have an awful lot of explaining to do. Now, look, I got another pickup for them. What? Not a body, just a hotel clerk. He's in his room at 412 Turk Street. I think he'll be out cold for another ten minutes. I just conked him. Well... Phone the police and tell him to send somebody out to pick him up. He's part of my story, and he'll tell it. But, Johnny... And tell him to be sure and pick up Swift and Luke for Gumby's killing. Got all that? I think so. See you later. Johnny, be careful. It was dark by the time I arrived at the Skyline Apartments and took the elevator to the fourth floor. The place looked quiet and deserted. It was, for the most part, except for Lorraine Julian. She looked about the same, tired, sad. Johnny Dollar. Isn't that your name? Yeah. What are you doing here? Didn't you ever expect to see me again? No. You better go. Wait. You shouldn't be in here. Ed, walk in here. Ed isn't going to walk in, Mrs. Julian. What do you mean? I dropped by to tell you you've been double-crossed. Where's Ed? Chilling Winters was gunned in Salt City. Ed Junior was shot to death, too. You're lying. I saw it happen, Mrs. Junior. Oh. Some kind of a trick. It isn't so. Not Ed. You haven't seen the papers or listened to the radio, then. They all have the story by now. It is true. Yeah, yeah, all of it. Ed told you to keep me guessing when I came around looking for him, right? Yeah, sure. Maybe you didn't know, but you were helping Jim Reno put the finger on him. I don't believe you. Ed can't be dead. Neither can Chili Winters, then, huh? It was Chili they wanted out of the way. They wanted Chili out of the way. Uh-huh. Well, Chili and Ed are out of the way now, and Jim Reno's in command. What a fool. What a fool I've been. I just... I'd have done anything for him. He asked me to get you... get you to go over to Salt City. I loved him. There's no way to bring him back, Lorraine. But you can help me get Jim Reno. Oh, how? Will you sign a statement? Anything. Get some paper. I wrote it while she sat there and helped me fill in the details. How Ed Julian and Jim Reno planned to get rid of Chili Winters. How Ed Julian took Chili over to Salt City with him. How before he left he knew that Ray Gumby had a subpoena out for him and that I, if tipped off, would eventually wind up in Salt City and be a patsy for the killing of Chili Winters. Only Jim Reno decided he'd be better off if Ed and Chili were both out of the way. Do you think this will do any good? Can we get Reno for killing Ed? In a Salt City court, no. But it stands a good chance in this town. How about Gumby? Luke, and Swift. I know, why? Mr. Gumby knew all about the Enterprises. If there had been any kind of investigation... So they just put him out of the way, huh? Yeah. Ugh, nice people. That's one trouble. You never usually ask about the people you fall in love with. You just go ahead and do it. We'd better find a notary public. I have to turn myself into the police. A lot of things have to be explained to them... I think you'd better get over to Salt City and explain some things there, Donna. Mr. Reno. Yeah. 
Hello, Lorraine. That's tricks. You killed Ed. Didn't this insurance man tell you that he shot him? Huh? Well, don't you worry. You got $50,000 coming to you now. You uh, want to thank him. $50,000, a lot of money. Why, you... Easy, sugar. I'm liable to blow your head off. You killed Ed. Well, I did it for this fella. I do, kid. Only room for one guy in our business, and that's me. Kind of figured you'd be here, Dolly. You're a tough man. Come on. You and me, we're going back to Salt City. The police say I want to talk to you. I'm still your patsy, huh? You're still it, brother. They want you as bad as ever where I run things. <coughs> Don't! This thing might go off! <sighs> Don't move, Lorraine. Is he dead? No, no, I still... I'll call a doctor. Once... Once you said I look like a nice girl. I, tell me that again. Please. Tell me. Yeah. A nice girl. Expense account item 21, $1,000, legal fees. To get a lawyer to explain formally what had happened. Item 22, $130, room and board. 23, $135, plane fare to Hartford and, uh... Johnny? Bye, Johnny. Bye, Ellie. The next time I sell an insurance policy, I'm going to ask for character recommendations. Then I won't get a nice fellow like you in... Johnny, will you be back? Well, I'll have to appear as witness against Jim Reno when his case comes up. Item 24, two bucks, two drinks. Yep, for Eleanor and me. Expense account total, $3,262. Remarks, none. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Remember, there'll be another exciting story of yours truly, Johnny Dollar, beginning next Monday night. Next week, proof that a dog's life sometimes isn't so bad. A case that starts out like a lark, just one big joke, but isn't funny for long. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, starring Bob Bailey, is transcribed in Hollywood, written by John Dawson. It is produced and directed by Jack Johnstone. Heard in this week's cast were Barbara Fuller, Gene Tatum, Barbara Eiler, Lawrence Dobkin, Dick Ryan, Jack Edwards, Barney Phillips, Junius Matthews, and Tony Barrett. Musical supervision by Amerigo Marino. Be sure to join us on Monday night, same time and station, for another exciting story of yours truly, Johnny Dollar, Roy Rowan speaking.
Welcome back. One thing that has to be said about these Johnny Dollar cereals is that they can vary quite a bit in tone. And this one definitely has a very hard-boiled feel to it, like something you might have heard a decade earlier. And there's a very good reason for that. The Salt City Matter is an imported episode that originally was the story of the man who likes mountains with Jack Webb as Jeff Regan in 1948. And then in 1949, it was done as the Rocky Jordan episode, The Fall Guy. I will say that both of those stories have very different plots from the Salt City Matter, and it make an interesting comparison. This also is one reason why I think the insurance aspect, despite Johnny being an insurance investigator, it does feel kind of tacked on. The overall plot is much more about serving the process in order to find Ed Julian as a roundabout way of the goal of protecting Ed Julian. So this is not as smooth of a transfer as some of the other imported stories. But still, it's fun for what it is. Bailey gets to do a good bit of acting Playing to that idea of expressing the emotions and the uh, feelings and what was going on as he was drugged in Salt City. And if you like your detective stories hard-boiled, this is one of the stories that leans most into the tropes of that style of detective story. Now we turn to listener comments and feedback now, and we start out on Instagram where 4630 Open Station writes, I'm really enjoying the five-part Johnny Dollars. Bob Bailey is my favorite. And then we have a comment from Reitzer who says, I like the broken up serials. We should have to wait to find out what happens next just like the original listeners did. It would be even better if you could somehow play one episode for 15 minutes a day. Would serve us right. <laughs> uh, well, thanks so much for the comment. I pretty much thought about that uh, when I was thinking about the next time going through the serials and rejected it out of hand because essentially the only way I could do that is if I were doing some other series on Friday and then every day, you know, we were essentially doing like 40, 45 minute show. And if you haven't noticed, we're kind of running out of programs to do. So it doesn't work on this particular show. Uh, Like I said, I'm aware of quite a few folks who had or have daily old time radio programs and they would play 15 minutes Uh, episodes per day. And actually, the first time I listened to the Johnny Dollar serials, I did them on a daily basis. I would, when I got into work on Monday and I'm getting my computer up and getting my tea and water and everything ready at my desk, I was listening to the first episode. And then Tuesday, I do the second episode. And it was a really fun way to start the day off. But don't really have a way to replicate that in podcast form. And based on the comments, I don't think there's a whole lot of demand for it. But it is a fun way to experience the serials. But thank you so much. Appreciate the comment. Now it's time to thank our Patreon supporter of the day. 
And I want to go ahead and thank David. David's been one of our Patreon supporters since March of 2021, currently supporting the program at the Chief of Detective level of $30 or more per month. Thank you so much for your support, David. And that will actually do it for today. If you are enjoying this podcast, please follow us using your favorite podcast software. If you're listening to the podcast on YouTube, be sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel, and mark the notification bell. We'll be back next Tuesday with another Yours Truly Johnny Dollar serial. And then next Thursday, we'll be bringing you previously uncirculated episodes of Mr. Chameleon. And then next Saturday, we'll be beginning our second run through Dragnet. But join us back here tomorrow for Indictment, where... All right, Smith, what's your problem? Mr. McCormick, I want to help myself. What do you mean by that? Well, I want to try and buy a lower sentence. <laughs> Who's been talking to you in there? They put him in the same cell with Billy the Bull, Mr. McCormick. Oh, well, great advice you must have got from a punk who's going to end up in the chair one of these fine days. What do you mean, a lower sentence? How do you know what sentence you're going to draw? I hear about this indeterminate sentence thing you got going now. It means three years, right? It means up to three years. Am I up for that deal? It's up to the court. Look, figure it out. Your yellow sheet shows two dozen arrests in the past 15 years and only two convictions. You're long overdue for a stretch. Mr. McCormick, I heard you was fair and square. I heard you'd listen to a man. Well, I'm listening. I'm listening. You say you want to help yourself. Go ahead. Mr. McCormick, I want to help you. I want to give you a good case. Oh, I don't know. Putting you away has improved my morale considerably. Huh? Never mind, never mind. Okay, you asked me to listen. I'm listening. You got to promise me something first. Mr. McCormick can't make any deal, Smith. I'm trying to say I want to make a confession, but all I ask is you don't use it against me. Are you going to give me somebody else? Is that it? Mr. McCormick, you can send me up a tree, and what do you got? A lousy little attempt at extortion. Dirtiest shakedown racket in years is what it is. That Marine should have beat you to a pulp. Mr. McCormick, do I have to take this from that detective? I give you something, otherwise you got no lead on it at all. <laughs> Come to the point. What I'm trying to say is... I can hand you a good robbery case. Grand larceny, the whole story, names, places. You can close the book on it. If you let me tell you... Let me tell you something, Smith. I have you where I want you. On your way to three well-deserved years in the can. I don't have to make it... I hope you'll be with us then. In the meantime, do send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.